In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I'm glad to see we have our microphones back up and working. They weren't working for the earlier Masses today, and it reminded me of a story of the priest who the microphone wasn't working, and he said, there's something wrong with this bleepity bleep microphone. And just as he said it, it turned on. And the whole congregation said, and with your spirit. <laughs> Today, I wanted to throw in last week the Bible. We wanted it at the beginning of the month, but this month of September, but... I think it was providential and by the Holy Spirit that it was done today. Because the word of God that we heard today is one that goes very much along with this reality of the sacred scripture, God's revelation, and how we are to deal with it in our own lives and share it with the world. Oh, I hope every family has at least a Bible in their home. And hopefully as parents you buy Bibles for your children as they're old enough to understand and read so that they can get to know Jesus Christ. St. Jerome said that a lack of knowledge of Christ, a lack of knowledge of Scripture, is a lack of knowledge of Christ. And if you don't know Christ, well, then you're never really going to know who God is because he's the one who reveals him to us. And you can't love what you don't know, and you don't follow what you don't love. So it's important for us to read the Scriptures. That's one place where our Christian brothers maybe... They've taken that part from us, and, and it's, it's our book. And we need to read it as Catholics and understand and know. Read, above all, the, the Word of God, the New Testament, and know Jesus. And then read the Old Testament in the light of Jesus in order to understand how his way was prepared throughout the ages in history so that God could save us from our sin. The Word today demands of us something very specific that we not hold back from spreading the good news, from speaking the truth, from allowing his word to be heard. The first reading from the prophet Ezekiel, it said this, Thus says the Lord, You, son of man, I have appointed watchmen for the house of Israel. You, prophet Ezekiel, I have appointed you, the watchmen. When you hear me say anything, you shall warn them for me. In other words, I'm going to reveal to you what I want for my people, and whether they like it or not, I want you to tell them the truth, because I want the best for them. Now, you might think, this has nothing to do with me. That's about the prophet Ezekiel. I'm sorry, but you're baptized. And when you were baptized, you were baptized into Christ, and you share in his life as priest, prophet, and king. That's your baptismal stamp. You are called to share in the priesthood, the prophecy, and the kingship of Christ. And thus you too have been appointed by him as a watchman for his household. All of us are called to share the truth of the message of Jesus with the world. So if I tell you a wicked one, you shall die, and you do not speak out to dissuade the wicked from his way, the wicked shall die for his guilt, but I will hold you responsible for his death. Those are pretty strict words. Now, I'm giving you my word, and I want you to share it with the world. If you don't, I'm going to hold you responsible. So let's get out there and do it, in other words. But if you warn the wicked and try to turn him away, and he refuses to turn away, well, that's on him now. You did your part. He'll die in his guilt, but you will save, be saved. If you don't, you won't. But if you do, you will. It can't be much clearer than that. 
We are called today, in the world today, to be prophets, to spread the good news joyfully of Jesus Christ, who came to save us from our sin and give us new life. You know, what is the message we have to bring? It's a message of peace, of love, of joy, of everlasting happiness, of mercy, of compassion, of forgiveness. It makes you wonder, why? Last week we heard of Jeremiah and how he was rejected in his preaching. He threw in the towel, he wanted to throw in the towel, but something burns within him, he couldn't hold back. But he was being ridiculed, laughed at, persecuted, hated by the world because they didn't want his message. The world doesn't want to hear. And we live in a similar situation today. The world today wants us to just keep it to yourself. If that's what you believe, that's fine. I believe this. You know, it doesn't matter what God revealed. I like it this way. I want it that way. Leave me alone. Let me do my thing. You know? And oftentimes we cross our arms and we sit back and we... Okay, let everybody just go ahead. I'm okay, so let them do what they want to. That's called indifference. That's not love. To, to say tolerance, the way they use it today, is do things the way I want or you're intolerant. You know, if you preach the truth like the gospel says of Jesus Christ, of humanity, of sexuality, of life itself, no, you're intolerant, you're a hater, whatever. That's, that's all manipulation and lying. No. If you want us to be tolerant, then tolerate the message of God. Please. Be tolerant yourselves. God has revealed himself to us in his son, in his sacred word. We find that message, and we need to share it with the world. Why would the message of Jesus be rejected? Why is it rejected? Why has it been rejected throughout history? And why do even sometimes we reject it ourselves? When it's a message of of everlasting happiness, of joy, of resurrection, of let's live as brothers and sisters all together in this world, honoring our Father so that one day we can all get to heaven and rejoice with him forever there. That's what we're sharing with the world. Jesus saved us from our sin, the punishment we deserved, and now he's given us new life and a new opportunity so we can all, as one, no matter where you are, what country, what nation, what culture, God wants Muslims and Jews and Buddhists and atheists and agnostics and everybody. He wants everybody to come together as one family, as brothers and sisters. That's why he sent his son to unite us under one head so that we could be returned home to the Father, so that we can rejoice with him forever in heaven. What a marvelous message. Who doesn't want to live in peace? Who wants to have constant war, hatred, discrimination, and all these negative things that we find in our world? No one. And who gives us the solution? Jesus Christ. And why don't we accept it? I think it's because he demands of us, in order to love one another and to love God, you have to die to yourself. And selfishness gets in the way, always. Pride is the root of all evil. And so the message is rejected because the prophets say, hey, you're going the wrong way. That's not good. This is where God wants us to go. And I'm not telling you because I'm better than you are. No, he gave the message for all of us, and we all have to heed his word. We don't share the message. I'm, not a, I'm a sinner worse than you. 
I'm not up here because I'm better than you. No. But God chooses us in order to preach his, I can't preach myself, i got to preach his gospel, what he wants. And then i got to strive to live it as well, just as much as you do. So we shouldn't be pointing fingers and judging each other. That's not the way to spread the gospel. We spread the gospel by sharing the good news of Christ. God wants to forgive us our sins. He wants to give us his grace. He wants us to come away from that sin and live as brothers and sisters so that we can rejoice with him forever. I want you to have that. I, I, it's a gift I don't deserve and I have received it and I can't hold on to it so i got to share it. And I want you to have it too. If you reject it, that's, you know, I'll pray for you. But if, you know, you should want this as much as anybody else. But we are called by him to share this message with the world. And our world today doesn't want to hear it. Now they want to teach us all kinds of absurd, ridiculous, evil, even sometimes, ideologies that want to take us away from how God created us as men and women, sons and daughters of God, and that's what we are. And yet, they want us to believe all these other false things about our gender ideology, about our sexuality, about you can have sex when you want, where you want, because it's just about the pleasure. It's not about life and sacredness of life and love anymore. No. No, it's about feeling good. It's, that's all lies. We were created with a purpose. God made us with a purpose. Our sexuality has a purpose. Our life is meant for something. You know, we do the same thing. When we make a hammer, you know, we don't make it to, to write poems with. You know, you make a hammer to drive nails. That's its reason for being. When we make a pen, we make it to write letters and poems or whatever you want. Because when we create things, we create them with a purpose, a reason for being. And we have to respect that. You ever tried to drive a nail with a pen? Or write a letter with a hammer? It doesn't work. You ever tried taking a screw with a butter knife? Every, sometimes you get the screw out, but usually you strip the head or you, you ruin the knife. Because that's not what it was made for. When's the last time you got a haircut? No? Did they lose, use a lawnmower? Or, or a pair of scissors? Lawnmowers cut grass, scissors cut hair. When we create things and make things, we, 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 you sit on a chair, you sit at a table. Not vice versa. You can sit on a table, and that's, that's not where you're supposed to sit. You're supposed to sit on the chair. No? Get off the table, my mother would say. Right? God made our sexuality and our humanity with a purpose, created in his image. Male and female, he made them. In the image of God, he made them so that we could collaborate with him in procreation, in the gift of life and love. It's not just about my selfish pleasure being satisfied. That accompanies the act, but it's not the reason for it. That's why we call it a reproductive system. Or let's talk about abortion. Our society wants us to believe it's my choice. I can do with my body what I want. What a lie. Your choice was to have that sexual act or not. After you had that, if the fruit of it is a new life, you have to respect that life. Where did your life begin? It didn't begin when you came out of the womb. If you trace your life back to its beginning, scientifically, sorry to say, they love science until they don't like it because it doesn't agree with them. But scientifically, your life began when you were conceived. There's not a human being on the planet whose life didn't begin then. But the lies they want to tell us 
let's go three weeks, let's go 12, let's go four months, let's do partial birth abortions. Well, it's all lies. And we can sit back and cross our things and let the world go to pot, just let them all go to hell. No, or we can heed the word of God that says, I've appointed you as my spokesman. Does that mean I gotta go out there and cram it down their throat? No. Does that mean I have to disagree with them and let them do whatever they want? No. Do we have to preach the gospel? Yes. Striving to live it? Yes. Because we're better? No. Because he is. And he's revealed this plan for all of us to come home. And so it's up to us. You don't have to go to Africa to do this. You don't have to go to Asia. You don't have to go to any foreign country or mission. You can do it right here, right now, with the person that's sitting with you, at home, in your family, with your friends. No? At work, in the grocery store, by the way, you portray the love of Christ to your brothers and sisters. St. Paul said in the, in the second reading, owe nothing to anyone except to love one another because this sums up all the commandments. Because if you truly love, you're not indifferent. You look for the good of your brother and sister. No? The example of a mother who sees their child just about to touch a burning hot stove with their hand. And the quickest thing she can do is slap the hand away so that they don't get burnt. And the baby starts to cry and thinks that mom's hitting them. No. Mom's correcting that because they're going to have a terrible burn if they don't, if she doesn't save them from there. The mother sits back and says, oh, see what it's like, kiddo. <laughs> burn yourself. Maybe you'll learn. No. No, that's indifference. That's not love. Love disciplines. Love, love seeks the good of the other. There's a saying in Spanish, si alguien te ama, te hará llorar. I've got a few people that speak Spanish here. <laughs> if someone loves you, they will make you cry. Not because they're being brutal or offensive or abusive. No, that's not love. They'll make you cry because they don't want to see you go down the wrong way. And even though it hurts to tell you, hey, that's wrong, they'll be willing enough to say, hey, I want to save you from that danger. No. Because if you love someone, you're not indifferent. You seek their good. And the Lord here is inviting us to do exactly that. I'm appointing you. And if you speak out and let them know and try to share my word, you'll be saved. But if you don't do it, well, I entrusted that to you. Now it's your, it's on your head, their loss. We have to do our best. The Psalm said, if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Why does the world harden its heart at the message of Jesus? Because it doesn't want to die to itself. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Why do we often not do it? Because we don't want to die to ourselves. Why do we criticize each other at times? Why do we do things we shouldn't do? Because we don't want to die to ourselves. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Go to the whole world and tell the good news. It's a good message. It's a joyful message. It's one that the world needs to hear. It's not go out and condemn everybody and point their fingers, look at these sinners, look at those sinners. Even in the church, we point fingers at each other all the time and oh, them and this and the other. <laughs> God, We get ourselves into our own mess and it's all because of our pride. We have to be humble, die to ourselves 
and live for the Lord. Let his word nourish us. Jesus in the gospel says, if your brother sins against you, go tell him, speak to him. If he doesn't want to listen, bring some others. If he doesn't want to listen, bring the whole church. Do everything you can for the good of your brother or sister so that they can come home to the Father. Don't just sit back and do nothing. You know, the first sin of Adam and Eve was rejecting God. The second sin was Cain killing Abel. The greatest two commandments were broken at the beginning. Love God above all things. Love your neighbor as yourself. They love themselves over God. Cain killed his brother. Jesus came back to restore that and said, if you do these two things, you will fulfill all the law. But when the Lord spoke to Cain, he said, where's your brother Abel? You remember Cain's response? Am I my brother's keeper? Full of his pride, full of his justification. He didn't like it that the Lord was pleased with Abel's sacrifice and not his, so he got rid of him. No, the world's way. And now he's going to justify himself before God. Am I my brother's keeper? Pride, selfishness, right? Jesus in the Bible says, yes, you are. You are your brother's keeper. If your brother sins, go talk to him. Bring some, some others with you. Bring the whole church. Do everything you can to help this world to come away from sin and live in God's grace. And we've all sinned, so we can't think, i got to do this because I'm better. No. I go to confession all the time. You should too. We're sinners. It's not because we're better. It's because God wants this for all of us. And we have to share it with the world and not sit back with our arms folded, watching the news and complaining about it in our living room, and not sharing the word of God with our brothers and sisters in need of his love, his mercy, his compassion, his message. I want to free you from sin and bring you home to the Father. Do it your own way, follow your own vice, or do your own selfish things and be lost, or die to yourself and live for others and for God and rejoice forever. Let's, let's ask God to give us the grace to understand the depth of what it means. And how can we do this if we don't even know his word? That's why we're enthroning the Bible and and trying to keep it here all month so that we can recall, hey, I need to fill my mind and my criteria with the word of God more. What is it that Jesus says about how I should do this? How can I be more like him? So I need to read that over and over. I need to let it sink in so that next time somebody says something to me, my criteria isn't a worldly criteria to make my decision, but a scriptural one, a biblical one, a Christ-like one, one that leads me to the truth because Jesus is the way the truth, and the life. If we don't know him, when we're on the wrong way, we don't got the truth, and we're not going to have the fullness of life. Let's ask God to give us the grace to receive it, to live it, to strive to fulfill it, and to share it generously. No, not cramming it down, but offering it. Look at this. This will make you happy. All these other things have left you empty. This will make you truly happy. You are a prophet. You are called to give. I have appointed you, says the Lord. Let's ask him to give us the grace to respond. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.